0: 9 through 13, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, five verses, five verses in the Bible that we have neglected for years because we don't think about it. So let's, let's read it, let me read it to you, and you can you share as you can read Pray then in this way, Jesus is talking to the disciples, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done, where? On earth. As it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You learned that way back when. And a handful of you told me you said it once this week. I have been saying it every day since last Sunday. When I went home, sat down on my television, watched a little bit of what was going on, and all of a sudden, somebody said something. I was watching some preacher, and he mentioned the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going, and it just hit me. I had to grab my Bible and go through it, and there it was, and I started since last Sunday putting this together, okay? Jesus is teaching us to pray. You'll find out in the Gospels that the disciples actually went to teach it, went to Jesus and said, teacher, teach us how to pray. Like John taught his disciples how to pray. Why don't you teach us how to pray? Jesus said, okay. So he begins in this portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 6. He says, okay, let's do it this way. <clears throat> he says, pray this way. Our Father, stop. You know, you know me by now. We stop. We ask questions. We dig. Well, I got questions, all kinds of questions in five verses. And I've been digging in five verses for a week. Jesus says to them, Pray this way, Our Father, I got to stop. Why did he not say to them, When you pray, come on, Gary, why don't you pray, My Father? Am I not praying to him? Why am I praying, Our Father, instead of, My Father, which is in heaven? What is Jesus saying as he's giving instruction? these men as to how to pray Jesus had these men and they were followers of him Jesus is the son of God and he's made it clear that he and the father are one and Jesus has grafted these 12 disciples into his life and what he's saying to them is you are part of my family so you're not going to pray your father you're going to pray our father which art in heaven We are family. Jesus is the elder brother. We know that. And we have family rights because Jesus has grafted us into his family. Now, salvation had not occurred yet. Jesus had not died. He had not been buried. All that good stuff, right? But he is showing us what's going on in life. And he is saying to 12 men, this is the way I want you to pray. I want you to remember you are part of my family. And God is my father. God is your father. Therefore, when we pray, you pray our father. We are members of the family of God. From the very first moment we said yes to Jesus, when we recognized how much we needed him as personal Savior, when we recognized we weren't going to make it without him, and we said, God, I love you, forgive me of our sins, Jesus became our Father. Someone say amen. Our Father. My Father, your Father, our Father which means we have family rights. You all know what family rights are. <clears throat> you come and you sit down at the Christmas table with family or the Thanksgiving table with family or the Easter table with family, and you're, you know you, we love each other. We're family. That's normal. <clears throat> and we get together, <clears throat> as we will, at the business meeting. We're family. Ever since I've been here, and those of you who know me since I've been here, you all know that I have preached family, 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 as a church, Family and how strong the family needs. Am I telling the truth? Jesus said, We're family. Therefore, we have the right to come to God as a family and say, Our Father. We follow Jesus. We follow our Father. He has already connected us to the Father through Himself. Well, let me ask a question Where is the Father? Bible says he's in heaven. That's right. <clears throat> Bible says he sits on the throne in heaven. Is that correct? Now, we're, we're after the fact of, of the crucifixion and the resurrection and Jesus going back. But God sits on the throne. And now, as a matter of fact, Jesus stands at the right hand of the Father. He is the divine lawyer. He has divine authority. He is at the right hand of the Father. He makes divine intercession. Let me tell you something. I need a lawyer in heaven. How about you, Steve? You need two? That's what your wife told me. We have someone sitting at, uh, standing at the right hand of God as an intercessor, as a, a lawyer, as one who is making pleas with the Father over how this little Italian needs to be helped day by day by day by day. He stands at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. He has that authority. Our Father is not alone. Where's the Holy Spirit? I'm sorry, I didn't get an answer with that one. Where's the Holy Spirit? Right in here. Which means He's all over. He lives in you. He lives in me. Have you ever heard people say, Jesus Christ lives in my heart? It's a lie. He can't. He's a body. They taught us in high school about inertia. You can't put two bodies in the same spot. What does it mean when we say, Jesus Christ lives in me? What we're saying is, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in and lives within us, and through that ministry of the Spirit, Jesus the Son and God the Father also live in us. So when Jesus says to these guys, this is the way I want you to pray. I want you to pray our Father. He's talking about the relationship that we should have with God and the reasons why we should have this relationship with Him. In, in terms of the Holy Spirit, Jesus made it very clear while He was alive to His disciples. You can find it in John 14 if you want to go there on your own. But Jesus knew He was leaving. We know that. And then he looked at those 12 men and he says, you know, I know I'm leaving. I know I have to go. I know I have been your comforter for three years. I've been by your side. You've been by my side. Every time you needed something, I was there. When you were going down, Peter, because you were walking on water and you took your eyes off of me, I was there. I was your comforter at the time. When the storm occurred and I was walking on water to you and I, I quieted her, I was there. He said, but I'm going to leave but I'm not going to leave you without a comforter. That comforter you haven't met yet, because he hasn't appeared yet, because he hasn't been needed yet, because I've been here. And that comforter is going to be the Holy Spirit, he said. He's not only going to be in you, he's going to be alongside of you. I don't go anywhere without the Holy Spirit, Steve. He's there, right by my side, day after day after day. He's the one that goes, get get out of there. I can tell by Steve's life, he knows what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, Steve, you're going to get it today, brother. He knows I love him. This is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to send you that comforter. So we've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus is saying is, this is the way I want you to pray. With a family relationship, our Father. Our Father. Go back to verse two or three. Pray then. Who is in heaven? Okay. Hallowed be thy name. Holy, holy, holy. God's name. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Moses, didn't we? Checking out the burning bush. And when he got close to it, the Lord spoke to him out of the burning bush and said, stop right where you are, take off your your shoes. Why? Because you're standing on holy ground. That was the first implication of holiness of the Godhead. And Moses had to stop and recognize the holiness of God. In Leviticus, we also mentioned in that message that Moses now writes after the fact, be ye holy, for the Lord your God is a holy God. Jesus is saying here, you need to understand something. God's name is holy, it's his claim to holiness. He is, not only is his name holy, he is holiness, totally. Okay? Well, if his name is holiness, I have a question. You know, I'm filled with questions. How? Should I honor God's holy name? Why was it so important for Jesus to say, Hallowed or holy be your name? How should I honor his name? What should I be thinking? Somebody tell me, yell back at me. How should I honor his name? Pardon? I can't hear you. With reverence, that you've been looking at my notes? Yes, you have. With reverence, I got it right here. Reverence. What else? Worship? What else? Reverence? Worship? Trust? Thank you. Love? See, you're on the right track. His name is holy. Jesus wants me to know that His name is holy. Therefore, I should be honoring that holy name. I had to honor my mother's name. I had to honor my father's name. Did you? I showed them honor. Our children, Dave is one of my oldest. They've showed my wife and me honor. They, we knew, mom and I knew that we were loved. Does God know you love him? Are you honoring him? Are you showing him respect? Are you showing him reverence? How about cursing? Hmm. How about going to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10? And see what God says there. He says in verse 10, Proverbs, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. God, his name is holy. Proverbs says, his name is a strong tower. What's he talking about? You don't get into a strong tower. You don't break down a strong tower, and those of us who run into this strong tower, this name, this holy God, are safe in there by the power and the presence of the name of this holy God. And Jesus is saying, you need to understand what reverence for this name is, what respect. You don't want to use his name in cursing. That's not respect for God. Isn't it interesting? And you have, those of you who've been in the business world, not even in the business world, but. The, the world of construction and all that goes on, how many atheists you run into who swear and use God's name? They don't believe in God, but they still, use, they still use his name. Isn't that something? Holy God. I've never, and I say this respectfully of the Muslims, I've never heard anybody swear in Allah's name. Have you? I've never heard anybody swear in Buddha's name. They're all gods out there. There's a lot of gods that people serve. I've only heard people swear in God's name. And Jesus said, no, holy, holy, holy. And the name of the Lord is a strong, there is power in God's name. Why do we keep praying and we're praying for people and we say, in God's name, I pray this. In Jesus' name, I pray. And we go on and on and we use that name because we believe what Proverbs says. That the name of Jesus, the name of God, there's strength in that name. Do we really know that name? Do we really believe that we're safe in that name? Well, let's move on. Verse 10 of Matthew, where we were. Jesus is going on, and he says this. Your kingdom come, talking about us talking to God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. This is the beginning of a demand for repentance. Go to Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It's John the Baptist dealing with people, okay? And John is saying that now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hmm. John is saying things that the people have not heard before. These people are not interested in the kingdom of heaven. What were the Jews interested in 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 terms of kingdom? Come on. Kingdom. They wanted a kingdom, all right. What were they interested in? What? I can't hear you. I read. No, not the promised land. What kingdom were the Jews, when Jesus came, they were looking for a kingdom, all right. What was it? They wanted a king that would overthrow the Romans. They wanted a kingdom right there. And, go, and it says, John says, no, 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 no. We're talking about repenting for the kingdom of heaven. Not the kingdom of man. Not the kingdom of Rome. Not some great leader coming in and knocking Rome off of the throne, and you come up, Jesus, and you say, that. no, no, no. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, something very unusual is going on. Anybody remember? It is the temptation of Christ. Satan has come. Jesus has been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. You remember that after he was baptized. He comes, he's out in the wilderness, and his buddy comes by. His buddy's name is Lucifer. You remember Lucifer, his buddy? Yeah. They were friends, you know. He had three archangels, Lucifer, Gabriel, and Michael. Lucifer was the worship leader. Do you think maybe Jesus and Lucifer knew each other? I think so. And can you see? Can you see? I, can, I, I know you see it, Dan. Can you see his buddy Lucifer coming by and saying, You hungry? You haven't eaten in 40 days, Jesus. You, why don't you turn these stones into bread? Doesn't that sound reasonable? I know you can do that, Jesus. Can you hear the devil speaking and whispering in your ear? Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you? Because I know, why don't you? He tempts him in three ways. Jump off the high building, the angels will catch you so you won't get hurt. Bow down before me, I'll give you all the stuff. At the end of that, in verse 17, when he kicks him out, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not the kingdom of Satan, not the kingdom of Lucifer, not the kingdom of the devil, not the kingdom of the flesh. Kingdom of heaven is at hand, and it starts right there in this Lord's Prayer. Kingdom. Is the kingdom of heaven coming? Yeah, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a scholar. He knows the word. He doesn't understand this new guy named Jesus. He doesn't understand what being born again means, but here's what's going on. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the what? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? He can't enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born again. Can he? Jesus answered and said, Truly I say unto you, unless one is born of water, that's the cleansing process, and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The kingdom of heaven is a brand new entity to the church. We know what natural birth is all about. We understand that. Nicodemus understood that. And he said, you're trying, you're trying to tell me something. It's impossible. You want me to be born again. Come on, Jesus. This is, you're, you're ridiculous. Until Jesus brings it into the realm of the natural. The water talks about cleansing. The Spirit talks about the Spirit of God coming into one's life. And once that happens, you then become a born-again Christi- Christian, and you become part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, Jesus said. Is this, is this kingdom coming? I think so. I think so. You gave your life to Jesus. You asked him to forgive you. You're forgiven. Uh, we make mistakes. Almost, almost everybody in this room makes mistakes. Almost. I'm not looking at anybody. We all make mistakes. But you know what? I've got the Holy Spirit walking with me. And Jacob, every time I make a mistake, he does this. Have you ever felt? Sure. And the Holy Spirit said, come here, come here, let's talk. And what the Holy Spirit is saying is, you don't need to do this. This is what Jesus is teaching in the Lord's Prayer. And I guarantee you, you've never gone through this, because I've never gone through this like I've gone through to prepare this. Is God's kingdom coming? Yes, his kingdom is coming. And no one, no one will ever overthrow God's kingdom because God rules. Well, verse 10, back in Matthew, it's interesting. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is saying to his disciples, The kingdom of God has to come. And as it comes, your will be done. Where? Why? Because on earth there is rebellion. On earth there's all kinds of sin. On earth there's all kinds of crazy things going on. And if ever we lived in a day where crazy things are going on, it is right now today. It is unbelievable what's happening across the face of the earth in terms of sin. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The rebellion that we are facing right now, I have never seen in all my years of being alive. I have never seen it, nor have you. Because we're getting this close to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear me. I don't know whether you... Believe in the rapture or not? I do. If you don't want to believe in it, that's okay. You can stay here during the tribulation. And I'll, uh, you don't want to stay here? Okay, good. (laughs) Thy will be done. God, and this is something that we really, really need to understand. God does not use angels to preach the word of God. He uses us. New hope, look at me. Because every time we've discussed things about this community, we've discussed the we. I'm a part of you. You are the part of me. We are. We are New Hope, not you are New Hope. We are New Hope, and we are the ones that God wants to use in this area. We are the ones that are going to take the word from door to door, from place to place. Oh, I don't mean you've got to get on your bicycle and knock on each door. That's not it. You know that. But by the lifestyle that we choose, by the habits that we choose. By wanting to give reverence to the name of God, we choose to live a certain way. And when we live that way, guess what? Your neighbor is watching you. You walk into a restaurant and people look at you and go, something different about them. Yeah, there is. It's the presence of the Lord in our lives. Okay. He uses us to preach the word. Now, you didn't know this. But if you dig deep enough in the Bible, you'll find it. Especially in the Italian pages of the Bible. But God said, you know, I, I, I need a preacher. And he looked over at Jesus and he said, yeah, Dad, you, you do need a preacher. And they looked at the Holy Spirit and God said to the Holy Spirit, would you kind of just browse around in the angelic force, see if you can find a short, dark, ruggedly handsome Italian preacher among the angels. They couldn't find one. God does not use angels to preach the word. God uses you. God uses me. And I'm not talking about preaching from the pulpit. I'm talking about our lifestyle. He has chosen to use you. He has chosen to use me. That's why it's so important to understand, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Do I want God's will in my life? Am I willing to say, yes, Lord, I'll do what you want. Yes, I'll be the witness you want me to be. No, I'm not going to knock on every door in Overton. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, will you live the lifestyle and show respect for the name of God so that when people see you, they know they better not open their mouth and swear. They better not say those foul things. They better not invite you to go to foul places because they see something different in your life. This is the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Right here. Right here on earth. I'm going to share more of this as I close. But you may have heard it already. God is moving. Have you seen what's been going on in the colleges? How many many have noticed that? Okay. There are five colleges right now, and I'm going to close with with the issue on this. But there are five. Now, five. In the last 12 days, 12 days ago this revival started at Asbury College in Kentucky. Wilmore, I think it's Wilmore, Kentucky. Five, 12 days ago. It is now expanded like this. Just going like What about Overton? What about you? What about me? You know what they're doing? No big famous preacher has come to the college to preach. They did not invite this short, dark, ruggedly handsome Italian to preach. Boy, I was really, Im- I was insulted that they didn't call me. Uh-uh. No, no, the Holy Spirit showed up and is showing up. And I'll show, I'll give you the names of the colleges before I close and what's going on. It's all over YouTube. If you've got YouTube on your TV or wherever, just click on Asbury or click on uh, uh, Lee, Lee, Lee University. It'll show you the different college. People are standing in line around the college campuses trying to get in. To raise their hands and worship God, kneeling at the altar, praising God. Why? Why? Because God is moving by His Spirit, and He's going to use us to flow with all that's going on. Do I want God's will or not? Thy kingdom come, Your will be done. Do I want His will? I'm going to have to make that decision, Jacob. Some in my, in my life, I made it at 16 years of age. How old are you, Jacob? 15, okay? You got one more year to be naughty. Next year, you've got to be good. Wrong. 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 <laughs> you hear that wrong? Thy will be done. God grabbed me at 16 years of age. Exactly. That's about 10 years ago. Wrong. Don't you. Uh, never mind that wrong. wrong. Out. <laughs> Do I want God's will? Is revival God's will? Shall we sit at New Hope and be happy if we have a hundred people? Is that God's will for this community? Folk, you know, you know my attitude. I mean, you may not like me because I do have an attitude about the revival and the worship and the coming together and filling the house of God. I have an attitude, I'm sorry. Thy will, thy will Satan had an attitude, you know this. Satan had his own will. Satan was very proud of who he was. He was Lucifer. He was the worship leader. He led all the angelic force in worship, and they praised God and worshiped God. And one day Satan's looking at all this worship, and he's going, that looks nice. And, and I'm leading this worship. They're following me, Lucifer is saying. Wow, I'll bet I just might be able to kick God off the throne. And I could slip into the throne, <laughs> my will, and they'll all worship me. Oh, dummy. The Bible says God looked at him and said, out. Kicked him in the butt. Isaiah picks it up and says, he saw the devil, Satan, flying through the air like a meteorite, like a star, just flying. Kicked out of heaven. Well, I don't want to get kicked out of heaven. I don't want to get kicked out of anywhere. Verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Wow. That does not mean McDonald's fries and a strawberry shake. That's not what he's meaning. That's not what he's talking about. Give us this day our daily bread means... Give me today those things that I need to honor you today. Whatever that is. It's not, we're not talking about natural food. He's using that as an example. What is it that I need today to let anybody that I bump into know that I love Jesus without me saying, you're going to hell and I'm going to heaven. You're no good. I'm really great. That's not what God's talking about. He's saying, give us today what we need to be able to express our love for you and make it sufficiently real that Joe Blow, who looks at us, says, there's something going on in that person's life. That's what he's looking for, Steve. He sees it. Those people that you run into going from place to place, the the Christian camps, I think you were telling me something about, they see what you mean. They see how you live. They see how you feel about God. They know it. They understand it, okay? Daily bread, everything I need. count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. My son and I were talking. Mom passed away in October, those of you who know us know that she passed away last October we were talking, and I said to my son Dave, I said, Dave, I don't understand it. My wife and I were 10 years on the road as an evangelist after pastoring three churches. We left the pastorate and went on the road as an evangelist for 10 years. Two motorhomes, pulling cars at the motorhome, getting six miles to a gallon of gas. I will never forget the day I, was, I had preached at a camp meeting for the Northern California District, pulled out of the district campgrounds, and there was a gas station right there on the highway, and I pulled in with the motorhome because we were going to Oregon. I pulled into the motorhome and looked at the, at the tank there, the, the machine. Uh, 95 cents a gallon. I went, what? 75-gallon tank? Huh? And living on little offerings, I'm going, "My God." And I said to Dave, I don't know how we did it. To this day, I cannot explain to you how we paid for this, how we, and we were never, never got behind. We were never short. We always paid the credit card tough on time. We did the, And everything that was necessary for us, Steve, God gave it to us. Give us our daily bread. What is it that you need? You don't need another hamburger. What is it that you need? What's going on in your life that only God can respond to correctly? It'll make you the man, the woman that God wants you to be. All those 10 years on the road in a motorhome, never one accident. One flat tire. Thank God it was on the duels in the back. I could hear it pop, pulled off the side of the road. We were on Highway 10 going cross-country. Then the south Arizona and through that area going to the east coast. Pulled off to the side of the road, our first motorhome, and looked, and sure enough, there that was the inside tire on the duals. I oh, dear God, I don't know what to do. You want to start trying to take a lug wrench out of this old man? I said, honey, we'll just have to get off at the next exit. We got off at the next exit, which is only a couple of miles down the road. Got off at the next exit, stopped at the stoplight look to my left and there was a tire company waiting for me. Waiting for me, Steve. Waiting. I just pulled. I said, look, honey, look. Tire company. Pulled in. Changed the tire, blah, blah, blah. Count your blessings. God already knows what I need next week. He already knows it. He's already got it ready. And if I will allow what's going on in my life to measure up with what God's goals are for my life, he will meet, give us this day our daily bread. He'll meet my daily bread needs. He'll show me what I need. He'll bless me as I go along. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to need tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I know this, God knows. God knows. And Jesus is telling his disciples that in this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And what I need today, I may not need anything like that tomorrow. So I don't want to say, Lord, give me tomorrow what you gave me today. No, no. I want to say to God, when you put me into tomorrow, I'm ready to receive what I need for this day. Am I making sense to anybody? Give us this day. Our daily bread. However, however, and I don't like this. It all depends on attitude. See, I could have skipped this part, and everybody would have said, "Amen." Thank you, Pastor, for not even going there. Forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. I don't want to do that. I'm sorry. I'm mad, Jacob. I don't care. I don't like what you did. I'm not going to forgive you. What about my daily? I don't care about my daily bread. I don't like Jacob. I'm sorry. I better be careful. I better watch my step. Because it all has to do with my attitude toward what Jesus is saying to the disciples. He's saying, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are debtors. See, on a daily basis, you know, give us today our daily bread... On a daily basis, I need to want forgiveness. Nobody said amen. Thank you very much. On a daily basis, I must be ready to give forgiveness. Oh, I got one or two amens on that one. See, it's hard to ask for forgiveness. Very hard. True story. I love true stories. I was pastoring in California. God was blessing, doing wonderful things. And uh, I woke up one morning, looked in the mirror, and I looked terrible. I really did. I was so tired. I was so exhausted going through the construction of the new building. We were in the new, I just washed out. And I looked over at my wife and I said, we got to get out of here for a week or two. I just got to get away. And We did. I talked to the board as I'm taking vacation. We went to New Orleans to one of our churches who was having a conference. And the power of the Holy Spirit was so strong. I sat, I sat in the front row on the edge of the seat, weeping during that whole evening service. I was weeping. My wife just hanging on to me. I just, I needed this refreshing. I couldn't take the stress I was under. And God was helping me to release it. The next day, we went to one of the classes, workshop. The pastor taught that class, the pastor of that church, well known man. And he was talking about how, under the stress of things, he put together a good staff. And he said, and most, of all, most important, he says, I found me a good secretary. She does everything for me. And he went down to the list. You didn't get into his office without an appointment. That's how busy he was. Even the staff couldn't knock on his door. You had to have an appointment. The secretary took care of all of that stuff so that the pastor could do what God called him to do. And I'm going, wow, what a setup. We finally flew home. I'm back at my church. My secretary came in the office. and How did it go, pastor? I said, wonderful, wonderful. What happened? Oh, so I told her about God, the, the power of the, of the Spirit of the Lord on me. And then I said, you know, and, and I learned something wonderful. I said, uh, this pastor has a secretary. I'm talking to my secretary. And he was raving on her about, she does everything for him. You can't get into the office without going through her. You, if you need, you got to go to her, you got to go here, you got he, she con- completely controls what's going around him so that he can concentrate on God. And I said to her, someday I wish I had a secretary like that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, 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 see, yeah, y- y'all got it now, haven't you? Now, y'all got it now, haven't you? I didn't mean what I said. But what I said was mean. And I didn't know it. It just just came out of my mouth. My heart was in the right place. My mouth wasn't. And pretty soon she got up and walked out. I didn't didn't know what I had done. I did not know. I was so hyped up with what I saw that all I was doing was sharing with her that someday I hope that we have this kind of setup. Okay? That's not what I said. Went home, had dinner, doorbell rang. Don't you hate it sometimes when the doorbell rings? Open up the door and there was my secretary and her husband. Now, he's tall, not quite as tall as Dean, but. I'm going, hi, guys, come on in. They came in, I sat them down in the living room, what can I do for you? And he looked at me, and he said, Pastor? I said, yes. You owe my wife an apology. And I went, what? 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 I have no clue. My, I had no clue because my heart was in the right place, my mouth wasn't. I had absolutely no clue, and then he explained to me what she said, and then she explained to me what I said. I'm oh dear God in heaven! I sat there and I almost almost broke that I would do such a stupid thing like that. And I looked at both of them. I said, "You've got to forgive me." I said, "I had no clue. You've got to understand that's not where my heart was. It was." An, I said, "Please, you've." God, to forgive me. You Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And they did. It's harder to ask for forgiveness than it is to give. And sometimes when we give forgiveness, it's not really forgiveness. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Watch it. Watch your attitude. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven other debtors. I have gone through the process of asking for forgiveness I've also gone through the process of giving forgiveness. And let me tell you something. Not only is it easier to forgive, but it's better. I refuse to hold anything against anybody that's done me wrong. You know those old country songs? Never mind the old country songs. We got it right in our daily living. People do things that are wrong in our lives. and There have been people who have tried to destroy me and my ministry. And guess what? I just turned them all over to God. Walked away with my hands worshiping God. Most of them are dead. I'm serious. The attitude. Forgive us our debts. Forgive. It's an attitude. Uh, If I want my daily bread, I better want forgiveness. If I want my daily bread, I better give forgiveness. Because if I don't, I'm out. Well, verse 13. I'm getting ready to close. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If I have this spirit of forgiveness that he is talking about, then God will lead me. Where will he lead me? I don't know. He led me to you. I've been angry with God ever since. Those of you listening on tape, I'm only joking most of the time. Wherever He leads me, wherever He leads you, Will be a point of holiness in your life where you know you belong there and God has put you there for a purpose. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit, no matter what you do in life, I'm not talking about just preachers, but no matter what you do in life, you will have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life. God will lead you. Don't lead me into temptation, He will lead you. Deliver me, deliver me from evil. What's He talking about? He's talking about the enemy. He's talking about the devil. Deliver me from the attacks that I know are going to come from the devil. And trust me, they have come. Anybody experience attacks from the devil beside me? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. The Lord's Prayer says, I can handle this. Deliver me. Deliver me from the evil. Deliver me from the attacks. Why? Because we're dangerous to the devil. Because we love souls. We love our area that we're in. We want those doors to be open all the time. People flooding to come in here. And just falling on their faces in the presence of the Lord. Not falling on their faces in the presence of this preacher. In the presence of the Holy Spirit. Coming in. And before you know it, they're crying out to God for forgiveness. Before anybody pointing a finger at them and saying, you're going to hell. No, 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 no. That's not what we need. We need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lead me. Deliver me. Because we need to be working to win souls. New hope. You've heard me say this over and over and over and over again. We've got to be open to our community and let them know, not only do we love God, but we love them. Verse 13, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What Jesus is saying is everything belongs to God. Thine is the kingdom. You think you're going to take that away from God? Thine is the power. You think you're going to take God's power away from him? Thine is the glory. You think you're going to take his glory? No, Satan tried to do that. And how long does it last? It lasts forever. And this, folks, scares the devil like you can't believe. And the key to all of this, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Everything that Jesus said in those lives, the key. To everything that we're sharing this morning in the large prayer, the key is forgiveness. I know, I'm, just because it's normal fact of life, I know that some of you have been hurt somewhere in life. I know that. I don't need to know what it was. I don't need to know who did it. But I know from human experience and pastoring all these years, someone has hurt you. And it's quite possible they have never come and apologized. You don't have to say amen because I know it's true. Can I share something with you, sir, madam? Forgive them right now. Take that burden off of you and forgive them right now. You don't have to pick up the phone and say, you know, Vanette, you did some crazy things to me, so I'm going to forgive you. She might not even know what she's done. I don't need to call her up and tell her I have forgiven her. I need to tell God I'm forgiving her. I need to go before the Lord and say, God, I forgive this, 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 for this reason, for this reason. Forgiveness is the key. This kingdom that Jesus is talking about starts with forgiveness. It continues through life with forgiveness. You know that. I don't need to know what's going on in your life. I don't need to know who hurt you. You know that already. You just have to make a decision. Is this Italian right or is he wrong? It starts with forgiveness. It continues with forgiveness. And it ends with forgiveness. Let me tell you what's going on right now. There are five colleges. Five right now. This is the twelfth day of revival. It started in Asbury College, Kentucky. It went to Lee University in Tennessee. It went on to Cedarville College, which is in Ohio. It went on to Samford College, not Stanford, Samford College in Alabama. It has just struck Campbell University in Kentucky. Five colleges that right now are experiencing a spirit of revival, not man-made. Those young people are at the altar praying, their hands are in the air, the musicians are singing, people all over, the balconies are full, you can't hardly get into the chapels. That's what's happening right now, today. Do you think maybe we're living in the last day? Do you think maybe the Holy Spirit is flooding this earth? Do you think it's just going to stop With the colleges, do you think that the revival is only for colleges and it's not for new hope? Do you think that God only cares about college? He wants to go to Las Vegas? He can go to Las Vegas. What's the UN, University of Las Vegas, whatever they call it? Yeah, Yeah, Let him hit it. That's fine with me. But does he need to stay out of Overton? I don't think so. Is he not interested in the churches? No, 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 no. He's very interested, Dan. He knows that we need this movement of God just like the young people. But it's starting in the young people. And do you know why? Because some of us older people just turn our noses toward the young people. We look down at well, you will grow up someday. They're growing up in the Spirit of the Lord. It is moving. And it's the Holy Spirit that's moving. It's not man. They have no great preacher on any one of those campuses. Not one Billy Graham has come in, or Oral Roberts, or Kathleen Kuhlman nobody has come in to preach the word except the Holy Spirit. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do we want revival here? I'm sorry, I didn't hear anybody. Are we willing to make sure those doors are open? Are we willing to be here for the moving of the Spirit? It's it's not this guy. It's not this guy that saves people. It's the Holy Spirit we have to want that spirit so strong that we will serve him. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know you want revival. Because <clears throat> I keep talking about this stuff, and if you didn't like me, you'd have kicked me out a long time ago. Do we want God's holiness? Moses knew what that was about. Do we want God's kingdom? Do we want God's will? How about God's provision? Do you think of anything better than God's provision? Do we want God's forgiveness? I hope so. Do we want God's leadership? Then we need to pray what verse 10 says. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everything we need, everything, is wrapped up in the Lord's prayer. Everything. <clears throat> I want you to say it with me, out loud, with your eyes open. I want we start off together. Ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy, thy, where, as, give, our, and, as. And lead, but for forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Everything we need, everything is wrapped up in five verses. Your whole life is wrapped up in five verses. I'm not discounting the rest of the Bible. Now, you know that. But because we were taught to memorize that, we forgot what it meant. Please, don't you ever forget this again. Don't you ever forget. Every day I've prayed, I don't know how many times, the Lord's Prayer during the day, working on this message. I just keep praying it, keep praying it, keep praying it. I will continue. It will not leave my mind. It will not leave my lips. It will not leave my heart. Because I want His kingdom in my life. I want to sense His Spirit. I want to know I'm forgiven. I also want to know I have forgiven everybody. Everybody everybody, Nick, that's done anything. I don't care what they've done. I don't care what they've said. Because God saw it. He knows whether it's true or not. And I'm in His hands, not theirs. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you're here this morning, and I'm looking around and I I, I realize all of us here this morning know the Lord as our Savior. I can tell that. But if you're here this morning, And you're hurting. Don't raise your hand, please. I'm not interested in pinpointing you. I'm not interested in you standing up and saying, Pastor, you don't know what happened to me. I know things have happened, and I know this. Pastor, there are things that I have done that I've not asked for forgiveness. I, I would suggest you would, that you do. But I want us to be in unity this morning. I want us to know what the Lord's Prayer means so I'm going to ask you to bow your head right now I'm going to ask a question it's not a hurtful question it's just one that is going to make you recognize that you need certain things from the Lord I'm going to pray for you I'm not going to ask you to come up here I'm not going to ask you to give a testimony I'm not going to ask you any of that but you're here this morning and you're saying pastor yeah I I needed this message this morning for a lot of personal reasons I needed this message I'm going to have to deal with some issues and I'm going to need the Holy Spirit to help me and I'm going to do it in His power just raise your hand right now just raise your hand I'm going to pray with you anyone at all yes I see your hand yes I see your hand yes 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 yes. I see your hands anyone else anyone else take your hand down anyone else (coughs) Anyone else? Father, you see our hearts, not just our hands, but you see our hearts. And we've come a long way in life. And here we are this morning in this wonderful church with these wonderful people. And your word declares to us, we need your help. We see that. And so here we are offering ourselves to you. Thy will be done in our lives. Whatever that takes, whatever that means, especially for those who raise their hand and others may, maybe didn't want to raise, we understand that. But for those of us who recognize there's something in us that needs taking care of, Holy Spirit, that's what Jesus said you would do. That you'd come, you'd be our comforter, you'd live inside of us, you'd teach us, all things about Jesus, and this is one of the things that we need teaching on, forgiveness. To receive and to forgive, to give. So, Father, I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the holy name of God our Father, that you touch us like we've never been touched before. And that be when we leave this place, this will never happen again to us we will take care of the problem however it has to be taken care of whether someone else needs to know about it or not is not the question we need to know about it and you need to know about it and we'll take care of it between us and you i'm asking your blessing i'm asking your anointing upon these dear people i'm asking your anointing on this church family wherever they may be this morning because many are missing lord wherever they may be let the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit rest upon them. Let thy will be done on earth, in this earth, as it is in heaven. And we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the glory, for we ask it in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, everybody said, everybody said, God bless you. If if I need to pray with you, I'll stay here. Refreshments are out there already. Uh, If you need someone to talk to, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I just want you to know how much I love you, how much you mean to me and to my son. We're here because God brought us. We're here because we need to be here. I mean that in the right way. You know that. I'm here because God wants to see things happen. Evidently, he thinks I'm the one that should be here leading you, or I would not be here. You know that. You know me by now. I want God to bless you day by day by day. I want God to bless you guys as you travel, Steve, and this wonderful, beautiful lady, how you got her, I'll never know. Lucky, lucky guy. But be careful, (laughs) long story. Be careful in your travels, please. And wherever you go, let the Holy Spirit rest upon you so that these other folks see that. Stay in touch. Anyone else just here, you're traveling through. Anyone else? Okay, good. Are you traveling through, dear? You, she's visiting. You can't lock her up in the other bedroom or something. To keep her here. I got some chains. Some chains in the car. We'll hold her. We just want you to know how you're loved here, and what it means to walk with God. Please don't ever forget the Lord's friend. Please. Amen.